1: Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter
0: Jr. you're listening to the All Angels podcast. <laughs> hey, what
1: is up, Johnny Tags back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels podcast. I'm joined, as always, with Dan Garcia, and this is a special. Uh, podcast that we're doing today. Uh, obviously, we're headed into the hot, hot stove season. season. Yeah, hot stove off season. It's always interesting, especially this year for the Angels. Uh, uh, we have a lot of questions that we want to get answered from someone who knows a little bit more about this than we do. Been, a, been around the team all year long. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to talk to MLB dot uh, Angels beat writer Brett Bollinger uh, he's been on with Dan before so if you guys listen to our podcast you know exactly who we're talking about this guy's legit he knows what he's talking about we want to kind of pick his brain and, and kind of ask the questions that I think you know Dan and I have a good feel for what the fans kind of want to hear um, especially Angel fans you know so that's something we're gonna we're gonna really focus on we're gonna we're gonna kind of get his his opinion on what is realistic for the Angels offseason this year. definitely yep so Before we do that, let's uh, let's get a word in from our sponsors, And we have a new sponsor sponsoring the show. So, we want to, you know, the support for Armchair comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below the bell grooming. Yeah, you heard that. Below the bell grooming, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels.
0: That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has uh, skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts.
1: And, guys, don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Yeah, it is. That's just bad.
0: Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscape.com
1: Your balls Well, thank you.
0: Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscape.com That's 20% off and free shipping at manscape.com Just use promo code armchair.
1: Okay, so we are here with Angels Beat Writer MLB.com's Rhett Bollinger. Rhett, thanks for joining us on the All Angels podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on again.
1: Awesome, Brody. Dan, you yeah, want to start?
0: Um, You know, last time we talked, it was kind of the middle of the season, and and you know, this being your first season covering the Angels, you had the the highs of you know Mike Trout signing that extension right at the end of spring training, to obviously the tragic death of um, Tyler Skaggs in the middle of it. In your words, how can how can you explain this season?
2: Well, that's a tough one. It really is one of the tougher seasons in Angels history. Um, you know, just off-the-field stuff with, with Tyler Skaggs and, and obviously now the investigation uh, into his death. And, you know, that just was a tough thing for the team to go through during the season, obviously, to lose a teammate and a friend like that and then to find out, you know, the cause and everything else. Uh, I'm sure it was really, really hard on the players and even people around the team and even for the media. Uh, it was a very difficult year in that sense. Um, and on the field, you know, for the team to lose 90 games for the first time uh, in 20 years, you know, obviously it was tough too. I do think... Uh, they are related in, in some sense, but I do think that, you know, I'm sure it was really tough for those players to concentrate in uh, especially when they kind of saw the race there in late July. So that was kind of the turning point. They're kind of in it late July. thought maybe they have a chance to maybe add some pieces, but they kind of fell apart there against the Orioles and Tigers. At that point, it didn't really make any sense to be buyers. Um, and really those last few months were just really, really, you know, uh, bad baseball, truthfully, for the Angels. So, um, you know, but the thing right now is they still have a good core in place. Uh, you know, obviously now a new manager, Joe Madden. Um, you know, and Artie Moreno's talked about how they plan to, you know, raise the payroll and be aggressive, which is, you know, kind of a welcoming news for Angel fans considering, you know, a lot of teams around the league um, are saying the opposite of that. So at least it's nice to know the Angels are kind of trying to get into win now mode by hiring Joe Madden and trying to build around Otani and Trout. So I do think better times are, uh, you know, coming up, but I do think this was a very tough uh, season for a lot of reasons. You,
1: you talked on it, Angels hired Joe Madden what did you think uh, of the firing of Brad Ausmus and then the hiring of Joe Maddon? In your words, like, did you expect it? Was it shocking? What, in your words, how did that all play out for you? It
2: was, it was kind of surprising in the sense that, uh, you know, I just thought with, with him being hired, you know, by, sorry, by Epler, um, that was kind of his guy. I didn't think they were going to kind of move on after one year, um, but it was kind of Ken Rosenthal's report in the athletics, uh, you know, right before the end of the season there about a week left into the season, you know, reported that the Angels would be interested. And From there, the more I kind of asked around and kind of saw things were kind of uh, the writing on the wall. So when it all kind of went down after the season, um, even the day after the season, that didn't really surprise me. And hiring a Joe, obviously, didn't surprise me at all. I, as soon as they moved on from Austin, I was 100% convinced they were going to hire Joe Madden. I never really had a doubt about that, really. Um, so in that sense, so I, I got, last week, though, I was surprised to hear that. Um, but I understood it, too. I, I do think that you know, Joe Madden is one of those managers that you know, one of the only ones really that can kind of, you know, kind of is that kind of brand name and also has a, a pedigree of winning. You know, he, he obviously won in Tampa Bay, which is a tough place to do that, uh, and then go to Chicago and to win their first championship. You know, in almost you know a hundred year, more than a hundred years. Uh, he certainly has a resume, and it, it was clear too that he wanted to come back. I mean, that was the thing. Like, I, I mean, my assumption is, once they kind of heard that Madden was going to be let go by the Cubs or at least move on from the Cubs. And they probably talked to him and found out that he'd want to come back. In that sense, it's probably pretty hard. It is kind of a no-brainer that he is an upgrade, um, I think, on Ausmus, just because of the experience and the success he's had. So I think it's the right move. But at the same time, was it fair to Brad? It's pretty hard to say because, you know, he only got one year. So I do hope that Brad gets a chance somewhere else. Um, I think that it was a tough year. Uh, No matter who's managing, like I said, to have to deal with that tragedy. And, And even just that pitching staff, you know, I don't care who the manager was this year that team wasn't really going to win with all the injuries and everything else. So it's hard to really pin it on Brad, but I think at the end of the day, they did get a better manager out of the deal.
0: Do you think if Madden didn't come available, if he re-signed with the Cubs, um, that Brad would still be the odd man out? Or do you think they would have given him one more year just because that season was so rough?
2: I, I truthfully do think that he, he would have been probably kept in that sense. I, I think it was really just related to the fact the Angels won't say that outright, but I, I do think that it was related to the fact that, that Madden was going to be available. I, don't, I think that if, if he wasn't available, I think they probably would have stuck around uh, with Austin for at least another year to kind of give him another chance.
0: Now, you were at the press conference for uh, Joe, and from Johnny and I from watching from a distance on the TV, it just seemed super laid back. He kind of had a story for every question. How was it being there um, in person?
2: It was yeah, it was definitely really fun, and you know, like you said, he definitely had a ton of stories. His opening remarks, I think, were 18 minutes. I ended up timing it; um, it was almost 19 minutes. So it was pretty amazing. Uh, you know, definitely a guy that loves to tell stories and talk. You know, Osmus is a little bit more. Uh, he wasn't as much of a you know of a talker the way that, that Joe Madden is. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how the players embrace that. It was cool to see a lot of the guys there. You know, Albert Pools included, kind of sitting in the front row. A lot of the young pitchers were there too. You know, Sandoval and canning and Tommy LaStella was there and David Fletcher a guy that he called out as a guy that he likes a lot um so yeah it was kind of cool to see they're you know excited about it and Ty Butchery was there too so a lot of players are still kind of here in town kind of you know working out and kind of making sure they're you know kind of healing little minor injuries after the season um so yeah I think that was a good sign and uh it's, it's very clear that him and Artie have a really good relationship and Joe's just kind of at ease knowing that this is kind of his job, and he's, he's going to have some power here too. I mean, obviously Epler is going to, you know, be the GM star in that final say, but it's clear that with Joe under contract for multiple years and Epler, you know, only under contract for one more year, that, that Joe right now is, is definitely in a good spot. Um, so yeah, I think that it was exciting. It was definitely fun to see. And like I said, you can just totally tell that that's where Madden wants to be. I mean, from the stories, even talking to Cubs reporters over the years, he'd always tell stories about his days with the Angels. It was like the fondest days of his career. So now to be able to be back you know, and to be in that top spot as manager, I'm sure a job that he'd dreamed of since the, uh, you know, the really the, since the 70s, started to finally come to fruition. Uh, it's pretty cool. And you could definitely tell it meant a lot to him. So it's kind of cool to be around that. And I think as a beat reporter, it'll just be kind of fun. And it'll be a lot more energy, I think, around the team just with the way Joe kind of conducts himself.
1: You know, since uh, Artie Moreno kind of took over the team, the Angels have kind of made a focus on, alumni and joe madden kind of re, uh referred to that in his his press conference uh do you see any of the angels alumni like a tim sam and garrett Anderson kind of putting on the uniform maybe being some kind of you know special instructor maybe not for the season but for spring training uh how's that energy with the alumni over there
2: yeah i think that make a lot of sense you know i covered the twins before this and they were really big on that so you know they had justin Morneau, Tori Hunter, Michael Kadire a lot of those guys from the early 2000s, you know, Joe Mauer even did it last year after he retired. So the, the twins are really big about that. And in my first year with the Angels this year, I didn't see as much of that, you know. You still see some of the former players, mostly because they're involved on like the broadcast side. So I do think we could see guys like G.A. and, and Salmon and some of those guys actually be out there in kind of uniform uh, helping out. So I'm sure they're going to reach out to a bunch of different guys from you know, the early 2000s runs to even way before that because it's just good for the players to kind of, hear different perspectives on, on the way the game was played then compared to now. And just there's little things you can always pick up on, on guys that had successful careers like that. Um, you know, the game has changed, but it's not like it's completely different. And so I do think there's definitely some things you could learn. And from what Joe was saying, yeah, I mean, like I said, even there, there were a bunch of former angels there too, you know, and then AK was there. and uh, A lot of those guys from that, you know, the world series winning team, I bet will be around uh, a decent amount here. So it'll be fun for the fans, but also I think a good resource for the players, and just to kind of continue to, like Joe said, just kind of show that Angel way and kind of rebuild that because I think it's kind of gone away a little bit uh, with, you know, the lack of success over the last five years or so.
0: And you kind of mentioned the current players. There was a handful there in attendance at the press conference. Were you able to catch up with any of them? And and if so, what were your kind of reads on them, the excitement, or was there like kind of a new sense of energy around those guys?
2: Yeah, i talked to some of the current players that were there. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of energy. I think some guys are just, you know, excited to see what Joe had to offer. And I, you know, and I think it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a different energy and I'm sure just even the way they're going to be dressing on road trips, you know, I'm sure he does all the casual or dress up things. Like there's going to be a lot of new stuff. And even the guys are bringing over Tim Butts, uh, is the, um, was the strength coach for the Cubs. He's going to be more in a quality assurance role here for the angels, but he's kind of a guy that keeps it really loose and dresses up during spring training all the time um and just like so, they're just going to be a lot more fun i mean that was one thing i guess i'll say about this year in a lot of ways it wasn't a very fun year for the team just dealing with the scag stuff dealing with the losing and like i said it just it just didn't have much energy and it's hard to fall off this you know personality wise he doesn't have that big personality the way that, that joe does and i think this organization kind of needed that some sort of fresh energy and just excitement around him because I said this year was just so tough on you know for so many different reasons that Um, I just think that it's good to have a fresh slate here and have these players kind of get into more of a positive mindset and try to get back to winning.
1: Speaking of fresh slate, offseason, hostels about to heat up. Obviously, the number one priority for many Angels fans is the Angels go out and get pitching. Now, I wouldn't be a good podcaster if I didn't ask the question to somebody who's actually in the loop with a lot of these things, but how realistic is it that the Angels can sign a Garrett Cole or, or somebody or make an acquisition somewhere down the line for a pitcher like Garrett Cole.
2: And I think at this point, that's definitely their goal. I think that's what they're going to try to do. I think the industry expects them. Um, I think, you know, the kind of wild or you know, the wide held expectation is they're going to sign Garrett Cole. And it's hard to know for sure. It's going to be up to, you know, Artie and, and kind of talking to Boris and kind of hashing it out. But from everything that I've heard, you know, personally and just some other people I've talked to, is that he wants to go West and he pretty much wants to play for the angels. It's just a matter of it happening and making it work. Um, so, I mean, there's going to be other suitors out there, but truthfully, a lot of the big market teams right now are looking to kind of cut back a little bit. We've heard that from the Red Sox. There's no chance they'd be interested. Even the Astros have been pretty hesitant about those kind of deals. And their ownership has kind of been kind of waffling on the subject a little bit. We saw today, you know, the Braves GM saying they weren't going to really add much payroll uh, So we've seen that kind of around the league, and even the Dodgers are a team that obviously built a really good franchise, but they're a team that never really adds guys beyond five years. You know, so and I think from what we can tell, Garrett Cole is going to want probably eight years and 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 the biggest AAV of any player, so maybe 35, 36 million. So you're talking, you know, eight years and and whatever 260, 250, somewhere around there. So it's going to be a you know a huge contract, Uh, and the question is, what other teams are really going to be that aggressive for that kind of contract? So in in some ways it kind of helps you in this because most other teams aren't really being that aggressive uh, for that kind of uh, player. And and, and I think the Padres would be a team that could be aggressive, but Steven Trasberg is from San Diego, and I think he would be a better fit there too. So um, so you never know, but it would be definitely disappointing for Angel fans. It would be incredibly disappointing for Angel fans if they can't get uh, an ace to join the top of that rotation with Otani because they desperately need that. They have uh, other needs too. I mean, I do think they probably need to sign, you know, a secondary starter as well. Um, and potentially obviously, open help, you know, around the diamond, and catcher, you know, even another left-handed first baseman. I mean, there, there's definitely some help they could look for, but I do think that the, the number one priority and what they're going to try their best to do is to get Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole.
0: You, and with Garrett Cole and his money being what it is, you know, do you think, you know, obviously if you take the name away and him from Anaheim being him being kind of a, a hometown hero, do you think it's smart for a team like the angels who already has so much money um, tied up in trout, tied up in pool holes, um, to go and maybe overspend for a pitcher like that.
2: There's always that risk. That's why I think a lot of the teams don't like to go on five years anymore. Um, but you know, this is a guy's you know an ace right now. But things do happen. Obviously, like, you never know with the pitchers and long-term contracts generally don't work out very well for the team. Uh, but I do think the fact that you know he's from you know Orange County and all that and wants to come home, I think that's obviously a big factor in it. Um, but I think regardless of that, this kind of pitcher was going to be a guy they could target. It just makes so much sense with all the connections to it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. though. Does it does that make sense. And this team does have other holes. Yes. But I, I think what they need to do. And I think that right now with Trout is he's going to be good for a long time still, but this is still kind of his peak right now, right? He's 27. This is kind of your peak years. Uh, you know, they have Otani for only you know, a couple more years, you know, four more years. So you kind of want to have this win now mode, or even if, on the backside of that contract, they're paying Garrett Cole too much and maybe he's older than and not as effective. But as of right now, they just need, they want to win with this core and they don't want to worry about that later. So I do think that those kind of contracts sometimes can bite you in the long run, but in the short term, I think that it would make a lot of sense and would definitely really, really improve that Uh
1: You talked about pretty much everything that we've kind of talked about as far as what the, we feel that the angels need to pick up during the office. It's pretty, it's pretty obvious, but who, who realistically, or not? I guess not realistically, but who, who, who do you have in mind as the Angels picking up uh, for that? Because Daniel and I mentioned with Otani, you know, coming back to the rotation, you know, Pujols is going to slide in more into that DH role. Who do the Angels target for that? Maybe left-handed power battery? Do they stick with the Walsh or or a Dice, or do they go out and who realistically do the Angels kind of look at for that spot over there at first base?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like I said, definitely like last year they did the. Justin Board deal. It didn't work out. Uh, Mary, maybe Eric came. I know he just got, his contract wasn't picked up by the, by the brewers. He'd, he'd be a pretty cheap option as well. He's got legitimate power. i a good clubhouse guy, left-handed bat to kind of go with Albert. He could make some sense. And if they want to get a catcher, then they could always reunite with, you know, maybe Martin Maldonado. Uh, he, you know, pitchers love throwing to him. Obviously the Astros had him for a reason, or even Chirinos who was great for the Astros too, in the postseason. Both those guys are free agents. Uh, Jason Castro is also you know, a guy covered in Minnesota who could make sense as a catcher. Um, I don't see them going after Yosemite Grandal. He's going to get too big of a contract. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably the two positions I could see them upgrading. Maybe a, a, an extra outfielder just because they, they're going to lose Cole Calhoun here after declining his option, but I do think their plan for now is to have Goodwin and right and then put in Adele. So the big question is going to be if they can get a Garrett Cole is what secondary starter they could get. And I think a guy like Tanner Rourke could make some sense. Or you take a flyer on a guy like a Gibson. I think Rizzi is a guy that might make a little bit too much money. But maybe you take another flyer on, on Michael Pineda, who's going to miss part of the season after the suspension. There are some, some names out there uh, that, that could make some sense. Uh, it's kind of the guys that are like kind of second-tier, third-tier starters behind, behind Cole. And then release off, you never know. There's a lot of arms out there that you can hopefully maybe get that take a couple flyers or some guys with some one-year deals. Uh, it worked out a little bit better than the one they gave uh, uh, to, to Cody Allen. So um, I, I do expect them though to mostly be focused on starting pitching, but there are, there are other holes obviously I have to fill as well.
0: And you kind of mentioned it there a little bit with the Cole Calhoun, the Angels not picking up that option. Um, when stuff like that happens, you being around the players as much as, as you are, do they realize or do they feel like, you know, it's a business, it's part of it? You know, even though I might want to stay to, at this team, they realize that, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business. How do you, how do players feel about, you know, options picked up, declined and all that stuff?
2: It's always tough, you know, Garrett, or sorry, uh, Cole Calhoun, um, you know, he's been with the Angels since day one, you know, he took a chance on him as an eighth rounder, you know, a senior sign out of Arizona state. Most, you know, guys you draft as seniors out of college are filler. Truthfully, they're guys that really generally don't make the majors very often. Uh, he's a case of a guy who did Brian Dozier, the case of another guy who was with the Nats, a former twin that, also, the senior sign. But there's not too many guys that get drafted as seniors out of college because most of the good college players get drafted as juniors. Uh, so for him to, to carve out the career that he did with the Angels, first of all, it was pretty amazing. Um, I think the fans appreciated his hustle and the fact that, you know, he was a great defender out there in right. And, you know, and this year, 33 homers showed some power. Um, yeah, and talk, I talked to Cole the last day of the season for a while, and he really understood it. He knows it's tough. And, you know, him and Trout are really good friends, and he was kind sort of a leader in that clubhouse. He knows this is a business, and he's hopeful that you know, some other team will find some value in his power and defense and right and, and can maybe give a multi-year deal or you know, at least a one-year deal for a decent amount of money and, and see what he can do. So I, I do think there will be a market for him. Um, I think there will be some teams that could definitely use him as a starting right fielder. So I don't think it's going to be one of those deals where he's going to have to take a minor league deal or anything like that. Um, but I think at 14 million billion, for what the Angels need pitching-wise, it just made sense to move on. But uh, it's tough, you know, and he put out a statement about his time with the Angels. You can tell that it meant a lot to him, his years with the Angels, and I'm sure he has gotten up into the positive things to think about them because he knows that, you know, it's a business, and at the end of the day, uh, they had to, you know, they had to go to pitching, and sometimes it's the way it works out.
1: You, yeah, I mean, Angels, like $14 million is a lot of money, especially when there's a guy like Brian Goodwin, uh, Joe Adele waiting in the wings. Realistically, it was pretty much an easy decision to make, although, you know, fan favorite and everything. But what do you see happening in right field this season heading into spring training?
2: I do think the good ones got the head, kind of the uh, head start, I guess you could say, on Adele to be the starting right fielder. Obviously, the Angels could even, you know, could delay Adele's, you know, uh, service time by not calling him up for the first few weeks there and gain an extra year of, uh, you know, control if they keep him all the way into the summer. Things like that could always play into it. Um, We'll see how that goes. I'm not sure exactly... Uh, what to expect. I mean, if he has a crazy spring training and hits 400, it might be tough to keep him down, especially if they're trying to win right now. I think it'd be tough for someone to explain to other players if they're trying to win, then why would they not put their best player or best outfielder out there, or sorry, right fielder out there? Um, but at the same time, I, I think that Goodwin showed enough last year that you could at least be comfortable with him until Adele had a little bit better in the AAA because that's the one thing Adele, and he was hurt by, I think, a two home run, home run game, got rained out. A couple of things worked against him, but he's had a you know good fall league. He's playing for Team USA and playing well, but he didn't have great great numbers at Triple A. So you could see why they'd have the excuse to keep him down there for a little bit longer. But I, I do think that he's very close to being ready. And from everything I've heard, you know, you never know things happen and injuries, whatever. But he does seem like a potential star out there in right field. Uh, so definitely exciting for him to be in the organization.
0: You had a story out on MLB.com where they, everyone can find your work. Um, and it it's predicting the 2020 rosters. And one of the things that stood out to me was that you had, as a lock, Tommy Lestella playing second. Are, have you heard or do you know any updates as far as how he's recovering from the injury? And I know he got in a couple of games towards the end of the year, but um, is he still kind of nursing that injury, or is he kind of a full go at this point?
2: He he was still, at, when we saw him in, uh, at Joe Madden's press conference, he was still kind of doing his rehab from it. So, Still a little bit of maintenance, but he's pretty much gonna by the time I think by now, I guess by this time of year, I, I think he's pretty much okay and just totally just the normal spring or sorry, off season rest mode. And then once December picks up, he'll start probably getting more into hitting and kind of preparing for the season. So from what I hear he'll be totally fine going into next year.
0: And then um you know, free agency for the past couple of years has been kind of just dragged on. Like the winter meetings go on, nothing happens, and doesn't really seem like it ha- anything, big names at least, sign until like February. Um, do you see the same kind of thing happening now or this year where we'll be into December nothing, we'll be into January nothing, and then like maybe February or something like that comes along and someone signs?
2: It's hard to know. I mean, it's really hard to guess. I mean, from what I saw from ESPN at a report, that at least right now the teams that are gonna be aggressive have been reaching out to agents a lot more uh than in recent years sorry, yeah, in recent years, because the last two years we've seen teams just like not even try to even reach out to agents and not even at least there's been some teams down, I'm sure including the Angels, that have been more aggressive and have said that. So that's a good sign, but it's hard and, and then the big thing too, truthfully is that, you know, most of the big free agents this year, um, they're all, you know, Scott Boris clients too, you know, and he's someone that definitely isn't afraid to wait. So you know, you have Garrett Cole as, a, as his client, or you know, Anthony Rendon was his client, Stephen Strasburg, you know, Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, you go down the list. You know, Nicholas Castellanos. Uh, you know, there's so many guys that are, that are his, you know, his players. So he knows. You, you know, with him, he never. You know, if, if his player wants to sign right away and do that, he'll, he'll advise them to do that. But if they say, "Hey, we or Dallas Keuchel as well," you know, if, if they want to wait, then they're okay with waiting. He'll definitely do that. We've seen that with, you know, guys waiting to sign until spring training. Uh, that kind of thing with Keiko and even Bryce Harper. Um, so I think that most people are hopeful it doesn't drag that long just because it's just not good for anybody. But, but I think the hope is, especially with some of the teams that are aggressive like the Angels, and if, if someone like Garrett Cole just knows what he wants and the Angels are willing to offer it, it'd be nice if they just kind of did it and didn't make it linger. But it's just going to be up to the teams and, and, if, and, you know, and the agents, I guess, and just to see what they expect the market to be and what it really is. And until they really align, sometimes it takes time. Uh, So I'm hopeful that it's a little bit more fun and a little bit more active early instead of Dragon. But truthfully, at this point, it's still kind of anybody's guess until we really see more.
0: And I'm guessing, too, that means all the sightings are going to kind of be held up until you get, I'm guessing, Cole and Rendon off the board. And then they can set the market and then everyone else kind of will um, fall into place after that. Do you agree or is that normally how it works?
2: Yeah, although sometimes the hard thing, as you know, the last couple of years, some of those big names never really drop for so long that, And maybe that is why it dragged a little bit. So sometimes that is the case, but sometimes too, though, I mean, really the the superstar players like that, they're kind of in a different category than the, because that's kind of the way it's been going recently. The superstars still get paid. It's kind of that, you know, middle-class guy that's kind of getting squeezed in recent years. You know, teams are more likely, they like to sign their young guys to extensions and sign superstars to big deals. Otherwise kind of that middle-class, it's been a little bit tougher for them. So Maybe that'll change a little bit this off season, but it's just going to be a matter of how many teams are really looking to add payroll. Like I said, the hard thing is some of the bigger teams, uh, even the Cubs, I think I said, they're not going to add too much payroll. Red Sox, you know, so the Dodgers could add payroll, but I don't know if they're going to add that many guys they are going to have big, you know, years of contracts. So it puts the angels in a good spot where if they want to be aggressive and get stuff done, it does seem like they're one of the few teams that really does want to get some, uh, to get better and, and increase their payroll.
1: Now, here's a question that kind of has something to do with that. Uh, how is there a Joe Madden effect where maybe he's not the deal breaker I bring bringing over a free agent, but he's a guy that maybe they say, "Hey, that might that might be interesting going over there playing with Joe Madden." Is there is there a Joe Madden effect?
2: I think there definitely could be for sure. I mean, I think we saw that with the Cubs. He said it was kind of similar when he went to Chicago, where he liked the core of position players, and I think you could say the same about the Angels. You know, when you have a, a good core of position players with. And obviously Trout and Simmons and uh, you know even Fletcher and, and even LaCelle being an All Star, uh, you know, it got some decent offensive players. You know, obviously got tools in there at first, um, but I, I think that he just knows they got to get pitching. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe even a guy I didn't mention, but you know, one guy I'm kind of intrigued by potentially being a secondary option could be a guy like Cole Hamels. You know, Cole Hamels was from San Diego. You know, he pitched with Joe Madden with the Cubs for the last several years. So those kind of guys too that could have ties to Madden. definitely come into play we've seen that you know the coaching staff is set and pretty much every guy they hired is somebody who had ties to madden so um i do think him knowing people across the league definitely plays into it but in general, yeah i do think that you know there is certain players that would like to get a chance with madden because i feel like that up kind of that more upbeat and kind of more of a fun vibe compared to maybe some other teams
0: all right red thank you very much um you know, tell people where they can see your work, where they can get a hold of you, um, your social media and all that good stuff.
2: Cool, yeah. So check my, all my works at angels.com, uh, you know, mlb.com slash angels too. You know, uh, and, you know, I'm on Rhett Bollinger on, on Facebook. I do have a, a – I'm sorry, on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, I don't use my Facebook page as much, but I do have an Angels Facebook page. And then uh, – sorry, Twitter is the one that I use the most uh, with Rhett Bollinger. You can find my – you know, I tweet uh, my articles a lot this week we've got a lot of stuff, in the, you know, projecting the roster to kind of a sit down with Justin Upton on his season. And, uh, a couple other kind of frequently asked questions about the team. And, uh, and obviously you've got the coaching staff story up there too. So enough news out there and Cole Calhoun and more on that. So, uh, that's what I see about MLB.com is we I'll have, you know, articles coming every week, you know, multiple times a week. Uh, so a lot of angels cover it throughout the season. sorry, off season. So yeah, definitely uh, check out my work.
0: All right, right. Thank you very much. And, um, have a good off-season.
2: Cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having
1: me on again. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groomed Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did, and check out com. hook visions listen to my show the punk corner on kj epic radio every thursday from 5 p.m to 7 p.m
0: and that was our interview with rhett bollinger from mlb.com again make sure you follow him make sure you get his updates on his twitter and again that's at rhett bollinger on twitter because he like he said in the interview he's gonna be posting stuff weekly even maybe um twice a week now that the hostel is picking up signings i'm um, really interested to read that story he's talked about with the upton and, and stuff like that so definitely give him a, a, a follow and, and even do what i do i set the set up to alarm so when he does post something new you're one of the first ones to know it and you can get to it on a work break work lunch or
1: something like that and just check it out yeah always keep up to date uh he's on it man he's on it. he's a good guy to talk to and uh, as you can tell from the interview uh, a lot, a lot, a lot going on this offseason, and, and I just can't wait to see how it plays out. Uh, you guys just heard our commercials. So thank you to our sponsors that make this show possible: Groom Goon, uh, KJ Epic Radio, for all they do for us. But you know, we also have another. Oh, and, and Manscaped, obviously, You're take right. care of your balls. But uh, another <laughs> one that's been a, 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 a sponsor of our show is is my bookie. And as a true football fan, you already know. Just as sure as the season changed, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game, except against Baltimore. Uh, every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway. Well,
0: now as we record this, we are halfway through the NFL season. So now is the time to get off the sideline and get into
1: the game with my bookie. Uh, my bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets than any sports book on the planet. If you're the kind of guy who likes to win a little, um, but only
0: puts down maybe, a, or wins a lot, but only puts down a little bit, try a parlay. And from personal experience, it's a lot harder uh, to do this than you would think. Uh, pick your locks for the week, put them
1: together in one parlay, bet, and then watch them all come through. The rewards will be huge. Uh, best part is you join right now, and my bookie uh, will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in a thousand, they'll give you a thousand. That's double your initial deposit you use on your favorite picks
0: use promo code chair to activate the offer that promo code chair to double your cash visit mybookie.ag today again mybookie.ag. you play you win you get paid so that's another episode of the all angels podcast again if stuff starts popping off we'll we'll definitely be back on but again want to thank Rhett one more time uh for taking some time out this mm-hmm. is i believe his third time on the podcast so uh it's awesome to have a friend that close to yeah, yeah. Uh, that close to the angels
1: keeps so. our 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 uh, our what what would you call it our product uh, legit fresh, and fresh. fresh. yeah uh, we, we're not just talking to some guy off of one of our posts no this yeah. is Brett Bollinger <laughs> he's from verified com. on Twitter yeah he's got the blue check mark so <laughs> yeah uh, follow us on, on Twitter at Halo underscore Haven same thing on Instagram Facebook Halo Haven uh, follow us on there. Again, like Daniel said, anything pops off. I'm sure we'll post something. We'll go either either on the Instagram, on the Twitter. Heck, hey, if something really big, and I think you guys know what we're talking about, happens, <laughs> we will do a podcast. Yeah, exactly.
0: That probably the day of, as long as we're all in town. If not, I'm sure we can do yeah. a phone one. So, right. um, so yeah. this is a, a weird. Usually Johnny's the one who does the outro. So for mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Mags, I'm Down Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. There.